So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares, a legal technology trainer and consultant. I help lawyers and law firms use technology better. Before we introduce today's topic, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Solo Practice University and Clio. Clio is the world's leading cloud-based legal practice management software. Thousands of lawyers and legal professionals trust Clio to help grow and simplify their practices. Make sure to learn more about them at Clio.com, and that's spelled C-L-I-O.com. Of course, Solo Practice University is a great resource for solos old and new to learn more about running their practices better. So I want to make sure and introduce our guest before I just start launching into questions and asking him because I have a bunch of questions for him. Jeff Richardson is here. Actually, I am at Jeff Richardson's office. Yes, thanks we are. for having me, Jeff. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to have you here. We have a lovely view of the Mississippi River from 46 floors high in the sky right now. Yeah, this is an awesome view. <laughs> I love looking down on New Orleans. It's just very cool. I can see my apartment from here. Oh, that's actually. cool. Yeah, my yeah. house is that direction too. Oh, is it down there? Yeah, no, so yeah. am I. Uh, I rode my scooter here, but I could have very easily taken oh, the streetcar. There you go. And um, I just didn't know. I don't know. You know, it's, <laughs> it's fun to scoot around too. So, Jeff, you're a lawyer in New Orleans. I am, yes. And tell us a little bit about yourself. And are, are you born and raised in New Orleans? Yeah, I was born and raised in New Orleans. Uh, went to college in Atlanta at Emory uh, Law School up in Washington, D.C. at Georgetown, and then came back home. I started practicing here in 1994 with Adams and Reese, which is where we are right now. Uh, Adams and Reese is not a solo law firm. No. Nope. <laughs> that clear. But um, uh, what I do here is mostly work on class action and complex litigation, typically representing defendants when they're sued. I also, um, maybe about half of my practice now, is appellate practice for all sorts of clients on all sorts of issues and I really love drafting appeals and arguing appeals and stuff like that. So that is my law practice but uh, additionally uh, ever since 2000 and oh I guess it was 2008 now? Yeah 2008 I started uh, publishing a blog called iPhoneJD.com where I discuss uh, all of the things that attorneys whether they are solos or in the smallest firms or biggest firms mm. all of the different ways that attorneys can use Apple mobile technology, iPhones, iPads, now the Apple Watch, to be more productive and have more fun um, in their law practice. And are you a Mac user living in a PC world here at Adams and Reese? <laughs> I am. You know, when I started at this firm in the 90s, it was a Mac firm, which was oh, really? completely unusual for a large law firm. There were very few at the time. Uh -huh. Arnold and Porter in D.C. was a big law firm that used Macs. We were. There were a few more. And then, um, you know, even though Steve Jobs came back to Apple in the 90s, uh, there was just so little vertical software for attorneys that it just got to the point where, you know, an argument was made that it did not make sense anymore. Now, I was one of the dissenters that argued Naturally. we should stick with our Macs. <laughs> but around 2000, our firm became both PCs and Macs. And then a few years after that became PC only. And so for over a decade now, I've used a PC in my office. But at home, I've always been a Mac user um, ever since I bought a... Gosh, I guess my first Mac was a Mac Plus that I bought in college with money that I'd earned over the summer. So I've been using Macs. I've been using you know Apple products since the Apple II in the, in the late 70s, but I've been using Macs since the mid-80s, um, and I still love Macs, even though I have to use a PC at work because yeah. that's the way it works. Well, I, um, I always joke around and call myself a buy 
I'm, I'm bi-tech because yeah. I definitely, you know, I have my Mac today, but, and I feel I'm about 80% on yeah. my Mac as I can be on a PC, but I love them all and I love yeah. any technology. Yeah, as long as it can help you. You know, one yeah. of the things I love about the mobile tech from Apple specifically is, you know, I've always loved the ease of use and both ease of use and power that Apple technology has always given you. And, uh, you know, there's no blue screens of death or crazy things <laughs> like that. Um, and though there are always some things you can do in a PC, not a Mac, um, it was always the right balance for me. And so when we became PC only here at my firm, you know, I was a little disappointed by that. And then when the iPhone comes around, um, or when I started using one in 2008, and now the iPad and everything else, uh, it's sort of the best of all worlds because yeah. I have the PC at my desk when I need to just use Microsoft Word to drive right. the brief. That's fine. But the fun tech, you know, what I'm yeah. using out and about and around my iPhone and my iPad, which are in front of me right now, those are the Apple products. And so little did I know when, you know, they took all of our Macs away uh, 15 years ago that there would be a day when I would be happily using Apple right. technology in the firm. So it No, works I love that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, um, let's start small. Okay. No, let's start mid-size. Okay. Let's go with the iPhone. So I'm an iPhone user too, although mm -hmm. I did just get an Android as my backup phone mm -hmm. just to have, you yeah. know, again, as a techie, who doesn't yeah. want to make sure they understand how to use all sure. the different technologies. But when it comes to the iPhone, what are the top two or three questions that lawyers ask you about iPhones or maybe leave messages yeah. on your blog? Yeah, you know, two types of questions. You know, one type of question that you always get is what are the latest apps that I should use and stuff right. like that. And, uh, and Isn't that getting harder and harder every day? It's like, there are so... There are so and many. And are you an app junkie? Like, I get the BGR 11 apps that are free today, <laughs> every day. And... I mean, I never pass up at least one of their free apps. I have tried to cut back. <laughs> and even so, I have, you know, how many screens are there on an iPhone screen? 12 screens. And now that we have folders, you can have, I know. you know, even more than... I have so many apps on my iPhone that it is ridiculous. And I should just go through and delete them, but I feel like they're my kids. And you, you know, I know, and someday you need, might need it. What if I need that app that I haven't opened since 2009? You know, and then like, imagine the horror if you need it, and then you go to download it because you've deleted it, <laughs> and you can't download it because you're in a bad area. Exactly, you know? exactly. So like I'm looking on my screen right now, I see the Zippo Lighter app. Now, when is the last time I have put a virtual Zippo Lighter on my screen to hold up at a concert? Perhaps never. But that's but a nostalgic app. if I delete app. it, then tomorrow I may You're need that need app. And that will be important. So, uh, so I have a lot of apps. So I answer a lot of questions about apps. Um, I also answer a lot of questions just about like the usability because although I, you know, we tout the fact that Apple technology tends to be easier to use. You know, all tech is complicated today. And um, there are so many times I talk to people who are like, well, you know, how do you do this? It never, you know, and then I walk them through this, you know, the settings app and if sure. you go here and here and they're like, wow, I never knew that you could have, you know, text shortcuts, for example. Right, that's so that one of my favorite tips. A few characters and have it expand out to something else. And, you know, that seems like such a basic, you know, we've right. had macros for how many years and it's such a basic thing and people don't know it's there. And then once you show it to them, they're like, Wow. wow, I'm going to use this all the time. And I love that because it's it's the simple little things it is. that uh, can make people be both happy and productive just if, if they use it. You know, I don't I like to post on my website you know, just iPhone tips and stuff. And sometimes when I post things, I'm like, well, you know, is this one, sometimes I post things and I'm like, this is a real gem. But sometimes <laughs> it's like, you know, this might be a little obvious. And then I get like the biggest comments right. ever of like, oh, I've always wondered how you do that and stuff. So those are the two types of questions that I deal with most of the time. Sort of the tips and tricks on just using the basics, the built-in things, and then, you know, the apps to use. So the first tip there would be go into settings and, <laughs> and literally click on every single thing in mm -hmm. there. My 
best settings tips aside from yours about text expansion, which I just use all the time. I go crazy for those. And that's under keyboard. It's under key, which is why it's under sort of settings, hidden. keyboard. Exactly. You go to shortcuts. Well, you I actually, think. you go to settings and then, uh, I think it's general, general and then under general keyboard and then under keyboard, you go to text replacement, which, you know, that that's four levels. Deep. It Most is. people never go more than one or two, but then once you can get there, you know, for example, I have mine open as we were just talking and I frequently find a need to sort of write my email address all the time, especially because I have multiple email addresses. So I have my my Adams and Reese address. Yep. I have my iPhone JD address. I have a Gmail account that I use basically for like buying stuff yep. on the internet so that I get all the, the junk email from whatever company there. And so what I do is just with my name beginning with Jeff, I do JJ because never in real life would I ever type right. two J's next that's to each a, other. That's the tip. And so I do JJA and it makes my Adams and Reese address. JJG, my Gmail, JJY, yep. my Yahoo, JJI. Perfect. And so with those, just those quick keystrokes, um, you, know, and, you know, you can make them for whatever you want, but I use that one. And whole phrases. Weekly. So if oh, you absolutely. are constantly ending an email with, let me know when you've had a chance to look at this, mm -hmm. then you create a little macro LMG, whatever. Absolutely. So my other favorite tips and settings is making the text bigger, but also even bigger going into accessibility because mm -hmm. that makes your options even bigger. And I bold my text. Yeah. Right? And I do the same thing, Adriana. I, yeah. Even though I have the... Um, well, I don't use a 6S Plus. I'm no, using a 6S. We're going to talk about that next. But um, I have my iPhone set to, uh, I'm not sure what the right word for it is. But I think it's, it's Zoom. It's set on the Zoom function so right. that it's the same screen size that you would have a display of the smaller iPhone. Yeah. And I've had it set up that way for years, so much so that when I see other people that don't have that setting, it's like, wow, things are so tiny on well, your iPhone. How do you read that, I say yeah, to them? And exactly. especially like my younger friends mm -hmm. who do have the below 40 eyes. <laughs> I go, can you even see that? That might... You know, my watch has bigger font on it than yeah, that. And that's, but then on the other extreme, uh, my grandmother, who, um, bless her soul, is 92 years old and she's oh. got an iPhone and she's so tech savvy, it's great. And awesome. uh, she has her accessibility settings set so large right. that I think she fits about one word one on the word. screen at a time. Yeah. But you know, for her, that's great. And I look at her getting a text message and I'm like, you have to scroll to even just right. see a sentence. A sentence. But she loves it and that's great. So. That's funny. Yeah. Let's come back to apps. In a second, but okay. first let's talk about iPhone sizes because mm -hmm. that must be a question all the time. Absolutely. At this point, for me, when people ask me, I go, "You get the biggest one." Mm -hmm. Like, so you have the plus, and I have so right. I have the plus, which mm -hmm. is the big iPhone. You have the normal size, yeah. new six, and then I guess if you have a five or. Or lower, it's smaller than the Plus six. Plus, you right? can now buy. Apple started selling in the spring of this year the iPhone SE, which is a really nice phone because it's the size of the five and the five S, which I think was a great phone. Um, yeah. And uh, but it's got sort of the the muscle inside is like just as fast as the fastest phone, but you can hold it in your hand. For years, I mean, I I always get the latest iPhone every year, and um, ever since my first iPhone, I didn't get the very first iPhone in 07 because it did not work with corporate email like Exchange. Oh, right. But in 2008, which is when they added Exchange support and when they added app support, so that was like a real big year for the iPhone. That was my first iPhone, the 3G. Mm -hmm. And then I've had everyone since. So for Do you all still of, have them all, by the way? Of course I have them all. Duh. Why would you give up your kids? They're very <laughs> important. So I have, what will I do with them? I don't know, but they're there. Um, <laughs> But I used to love the old iPhones that you, you could hold them so easily mm -hmm. in your hand. And I never used cases. When everybody out there had a case, I never had a case. And then when the iPhone 6 came out, I guess almost two years ago now, it was the, the you know, Apple made it a little bit bigger once again. 
And it was the first one that because of the combination of the size of it and the fact that it had sort of the uh, the slippery edges, yeah. the curved edges, it was the first iPhone that I felt, I'm going to drop this on my hands. Mm. I just am. And so I currently use just the, the Apple leather case on it, which is just very simple. But um, it gives it a little bit more friction in my mm -hmm. hand. If Apple were to come out with the iPhone 7 this year, which was like perhaps the same size as what I had now, but had sort of the squared off edges like the iPhone 4 and iPhone 5 had, I would prefer that because maybe I could like go back could to not better. using a case and hold right. it better. Having said that, I have, as iPhones over time have gotten larger screens, when they first come out, I would always be like, oh, that just seems a little too big for me. Mm -hmm. And then I use it and I love it. But the step that you've done to the plus size, I still think is one step too far. When you hold that up to your face. Thing. I know, don't I look like an idiot? You look like Maxwell Smart holding a shoe up to your face. You know, it's And so I have a big. small face and a giant iPhone. <laughs> and, um, it but is, yeah, it's funny. I agree. But with I you. understand the appeal of it because when you're actually using it, yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful, nice who, large screen. I, who actually still makes phone calls well, that's anymore? That's the joke, isn't it? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. I feel that the last thing I use this for, when it rings, I, I look around and I go, what is that noise? Yeah, I feel like if, if the phone app broke on my phone, I might go weeks without noticing it. Right, you no, just don't me talk too. that much. So when people ask you, which one should I get, what do you tell them? Well, I mean, it's, I think that one's a personal preference, and it's and we'll get to the same question with the iPad Pro. Oh, yeah, Pro, we're going to talk but about it is, that. But um, it's tough. I think that the 6 or 6S, um, but not the Plus, is the right size for a lot of men because if you put it in, in your, your, front, in your pocket. front pocket, although the, the Plus fits in a pocket too. The, the shirt I'm wearing now is a little bit larger, but some of my shirts have smaller pockets. Um, it fits nice in there. It still sticks out a little bit at the top, unlike some of the earlier It's iPhones. just not as big and but, heavy. Like if I put yeah, this in your pocket, it's going to weigh you down. It really seems crazy yeah. as I'm putting this in my pocket. So, But I've heard many female attorneys tell me, well, I keep it in my purse anyway, and right. the 6 Plus is not, the 6S Plus is not so large that unless you have the tiniest of compacts, you can't put it in there. And so they tell me that this is the perfect size for them. And I'll tell you, I fit that, so mine's the six plus, the big one, and it fits just fine in the back pocket of my jeans, which is normally oh, when I'm walking around with it. And again, I'm not a very big person, so I have you know probably smaller jean pockets than most people, and it fits. And you don't sit down and crack your screen well, without realizing it's back it's there? It's mostly when I'm moving around, because uh -huh. if I'm sitting down, I have it next to me. Yeah. And I guess the the answer is, what do you do mostly with the phone? If you're actually reading the Wall Street Journal on here mm -hmm. and maybe having to actually look at documents and you do it on your iPhone, maybe the bigger one is better. Yeah. But if it's mostly emailing, texting, you know, Pokemon Go, <laughs> then the smaller one. But I agree, it's a size preference. Although I feel that there's no way I could ever go back to the smaller one after I've yeah, had I the bigger one. That, I totally yeah. love this. Well, um, before we break, let's talk about apps. What are the three or four cannot live without or five or six apps for lawyers these days? Is there anything new and Sure, I mean, well, I don't know about on? new because um, some of the best apps, on, and I'm talking about the iPhone now, not the iPad, have been around for a while. Right on my home screen, I am staring at one password. I mean, we have so many passwords oh, nowadays. Oh, it's crazy. Whether it's for the court systems or for Amazon. And, you know, we all know that the only safe way to protect yourself is to use complex but mm -hmm. unique passwords, which are impossible to remember. And so I love one password on my iPhone, on my iPad. Yep. So you're I use it on my Apple Watch. Password manager of choice. Password manager of choice. Okay. I use that all the time. Although I do have the built-in calendar on the, my home screen. The one that I, and I like it because the Apple built-in calendar it app has the date on top of it. Has the date. So I the like icon's that too. Nice. But Fantastical has long been my app of choice for my calendar. Okay. And the listeners may not know this. It uses the same underlying database. So you could enter a date in the built-in app and then go to Fantastical and right. look at the date. You can change it in Fantastical, go back and forth. So I guess the point maybe too though is, and again, 
we probably think people know this, but we'll mention it. You don't have to use the default apps that mm-hmm. come with the iPhone. So there are alternatives in the app store whose features might be more enhanced. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I use two. I actually use two or three different calendar apps, and I it's because that. I'm lazy. I mm-hmm. like if I want to look at my day. I want to click on one button and it go to my day. Sure. And then I have a different one that I have defaulted to the week view and a yeah. different one that I have defaulted to yeah. a month view, which sounds crazy, but I just want to get there in one tap and then trying to change views. So you like Fantastic Cal. I like Week Cal. And then I mm-hmm. found a really cool one as a free app the other day called Peak. Peak. I, I haven't heard of that one yet. And it just lets you really quick peek at your, like here's today and I tap. Mm-hmm. Gives me a quick little look. Yeah. All right. So good. Calendaring is important. Yeah. You know, one app, which is actually a built-in app that never used to be in my home screen and now is there is the built-in notes app because Mm. Apple really made the notes app much better Mm -hmm. over the last year or two. And I now use it extensively in a number of different ways. I use it as a quick way to jot down, you know, someone tells you a number or a date or a code or, you know, all throughout life, you get something that in the old days I might jot down in a post-it note and then use. Can't even find a pen or pencil anymore. Everything just gets jotted in notes, which I love. But now with the update, you can also very easily uh, start writing and change something to like a bulleted list. So whether it be like a grocery list or just things that I want to, you know, heck, things I want to remember to ask a witness at an upcoming deposition. I love it for that. And now you can put multimedia in it and stuff like that. So it's got all these, it's really become full featured. It's not got so many bells and whistles. I mean, this is the built-in app. Obviously there are third-party apps that give you more features, but I have started using notes so much that literally about three weeks ago, I'm like, it should be on my home screen. And now it's there and I'm using it even more. So the home screen is such a funny thing, right? Like it's a popularity contest for your apps. Okay. What else? Yeah. So, you know, other ones that I use, I, I always, uh, you know, you always want to know what the weather is, especially in a place like New Orleans, where is it going to be hot or is it going to be a little bit less hot (laughs) or rainy? And there's so many weather apps that I love. Um, two of them that I will recommend, uh, that, that are relatively well known. One of them is called dark sky, which is a fabulous app because not only does Mm -hmm. it give you accurate predictions, it also tells you with really incredible precision, whether it's going to rain within the hour. So I've opened it up right now and I see that we're going to be getting some more rain over the next hour. And, but if this app tells me it's going to start raining, it's going to rain minutes, open up your umbrella <laughs> on 15 minutes. So I love that app, but the app that I actually have for weather on my home screen is one called weather line, which I like weather line because first of all, it incorporates dark sky. So oh. you have the same information that, you know, light lane, rain in an hour and stuff, but it, as the name implies, has a line. So for example, if uh, one mode has the weather over the hours, and I can see that it's 87 degrees now, it's gonna be up to 90 by 3 p.m., but because there's sort of a line between the numbers, for me, it's just a visual way to see, is it gonna be getting hotter? Is it gonna be getting colder? And likewise, when I switch to the day view, Okay. It's just a quick way for me to say, oh, it's going to be getting colder later on this week, or it's going to be getting more rainy or something. I, I like the use of the lines, even though the underlying data is and it's three dollars um, the same. Is that what it is? Yeah. $3, yeah. Maybe I'll wait till it comes out as a free app on <laughs> BGR. So uh, what so about email? What do you use for email? This the native or yeah, something else? Yeah, I use else? the built-in uh, mail app, which I find works the best for Microsoft Exchange, which is what my firm uses. And I also use the built-in app for my iPhone JD account, which is just a simple iMac account. There are a number of third-party email apps out there, and I talk about them from time to time on my website, and I'm often impressed by their features, but I often have concerns about them. And I'll give you an example. Microsoft has their Outlook app, which they didn't originally develop. It was another company. It was... uh, um, 
Accompli? Accompli, mm -hmm. exactly. And so they bought it and they made it better. And it's a great app and it's got nice features that you can change what happens when you swipe on things. But they, in order for it to do its magic, they take the email from your server, including an exchange server, and they bring it up to their servers and they do their magic on it and they send it back down to your iPhone, which means that my attorney-client communications, instead of only living on mm -hmm. Microsoft Exchange server that my firm controls, are now going to a third party. Now, Microsoft itself, I'm sure, has zero interest in reading my emails. Right. And I would trust them to have more security than some, like a fly-by-night company that just started. But at the same time, I it just gives me a little level pause. Now, having said that, how many attorneys rely upon something Gmail. like Gmail, right. which is the same idea? So if you're already comfortable with Gmail, and I don't mean to imply you shouldn't be. That's a personal question. Sure. If you are, well, then these apps are fine. But for me, um, I've just had a number of clients over the years that have been really concerned about security to the point of pushing us to use you know, TLS for secure emails dual between factor. our firm and dual factor and everything else and the fobs yeah. and everything else. And even though that's only been a... You know, it's not all of my clients, but it's when, enough. all you need is one or two yeah. that, gosh, the last thing I want to do is, you know, what if Microsoft was hacked and the email that I sent my client, you know, it, it's just not worth the risk to me for the very small advantages of me being able to say, yeah, but I liked that I could swipe the email right. to get more action. <laughs> so, but that's just me. I cannot emphasize that enough. I know many people love those and I hear great things about apps like Spark and yep. the Outlook that, um, and I love that those apps are out there pushing the envelope and you know Apple will typically copy some of the that's cool right. features and incorporate them and that's great and then I get to use them. Well, I feel like Apple in their either the last rev or the one before that made some enhancements mm -hmm. to that mail app that yeah. actually make it better. Well, yeah. cool. All right. Well, before we move on to our next segment, we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsors. Clio is an invaluable software solution for law firms of all sizes, handling all the demands of your growing practice from a single cloud-based platform. Clio enhances your firm with features such as matter and document management, time tracking, and even billing. Clio is an effortless tool that helps lawyers focus on what they do best, practice law. Learn more at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Ready to create and build your own solo or small firm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There is only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University, the only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors, what are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. Welcome back to New Solo. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm in New Orleans today, and with me today is Jeff Richardson. Jeff Richardson writes a very popular blog, the iPhone JD. I think he might be known as the iPhone JD. That's what I call him. He has a great blog, and Jeff, I don't know how you find the time. People must ask you all the time. You write really extensive reviews and very helpful posts. 
I have to admit, many of my reviews are probably longer uh, than other sites, but um, yeah. I always get passionate about what I'm looking at. If I'm writing about something, it's because I really like it for this reason, or it has so much potential and I love this part of it, but let me explain in detail why this little part should be better. <laughs> and so the next thing you know, I've written you know a million paragraphs, and so that, that tends to be uh, what I do. But uh, I love that having the website gives me an excuse for playing with technology, yeah. and seeing the latest stuff, which I would probably do anyway, but now I have an excuse to You have do a it, platform so. and people love it. So let's talk, in the last segment, we talked about the iPhone itself, which is, mm -hmm. in my opinion, seriously the most amazing device and thing I've ever held in yeah. my hand. It's gross how much I love this, my phone. I mean, really, I just cannot live without this thing. Yeah. It's and, and I can just say parenthetically before we move on, you know, I've been using these small mobile devices, uh, you, I'm sure you have too, for so many years. Yeah. When I was in college, I used to have like these Sharp would make these oh, little devices. Oh, I think called a Newton. Was oh, there a oh, Newton? Newton, of course. <laughs> but you know, all these devices, and you know, you use them, but they weren't quite right. And then, of course, when the Palm came out, that was just amazing right. and graffiti and everything else. But the iPhone, it's like we're finally there. You know, not that it's not going to get better in the future, but this is what I've wanted for so many years. I know. And I love that we live in an age when we can use it. So yeah. I say that all the time. But I think for as long as I've been in this business, which is 18 years now, every year I think this is such an awesome time to be in legal technology. Yeah, yeah. But every year, just something more amazing comes out. And I'm looking at one of those things right now, and that's that you have the giant iPad. Right. And, you know, much like for the iPhone, we talked about should you get the Plus or the Not Plus, and I said that I can understand the bigger screen, but it's just a little too big for me. It's the exact same argument for the iPad Pro, and I find it hard to explain why. Even though it is a little too big for me, I love the bigger screen. I so do. Tell me, let's talk about the different sizes of the iPads because, all right, there's the mini. There's the mini. So there's a small, medium, and a large. Basically, yeah. Okay. And so there's the mini, which is what I have here. Mm -hmm. And then... The 9.7-inch original size has been original. around since 2010, which is the iPad that people know and love, and has got a great size. It's a great yeah. compromise between portability and a big screen, so you can really, really see stuff. And then you have the iPad Pro, which when it first came out, the only model of iPad Pro was the 12.9 inch. Now there is both a 9.7 inch and a 12.9 inch, so you can no longer call the big one the iPad Pro. I mean, the iPad Pro now refers to the professional line of the iPad that comes in two sizes. When you were looking at an eight and a half by 11 document right. on the iPad, on the larger iPad Pro with the 12.9 inch screen, it's full size. It is. So when I use like one of the apps that I love, in fact, I just wrote about it today in my blog, is Goodreader. When I'm looking at documents in Goodreader, I happen to have a case and uh, a legal opinion on yep. the screen right now. Look at that. But, it's I the mean, size it's the of a piece of size. paper. So yesterday I was in a deposition, and I probably still have them all up, all of these uh, documents that were oh, produced yeah. by the, my opponent. And as different documents were coming up and people were referring to them by the Bates number at the bottom, you know, M0143, all of my opponents are opening up uh, it's embarrassing. Uh, you know, all these big binders Scrambling that they for had, boxes. And I just and... got everything right there on my iPad. And if I'm having trouble reading something that the plaintiff wrote that's really small, I just, just zoom into zoom the screen in. and I can see it. It's such a superior way of viewing documents. And of course, the normal medium-sized iPad is nice too. Sure. But the big screen, I just find, and maybe it's my, my being over 40 with my eyes. but Right, it's, it's the just, over 40 eyes. It, it's, it, everything is, is, you know, like I say, full size. Full and size. So it's no compromise, and I love it. And then I also love, I have next to me the Apple Pencil. If I'm taking notes or annotating or stuff like that, it works so well with this big screen that it's just like the perfect way to write things. And I, you I must it. have reviews on all this stuff too. So we'll I just do. remind people that yeah. we know this is a podcast and we, they can't see all the awesomeness 
this, but you have yeah. certainly images and reviews on the blog. But let me just say that this big iPad Pro, even though I love it, I will admit it is not for everyone because when I carry it around, I mean, it really is approaching the size, it is the size of a of a nice size laptop. Sure. And so you have to make that decision. You will notice, it, the weight's not horrible and the weight is less than a laptop, but you will notice it when you're carrying it around and it does get a little bit more in the way. And so I really don't know that it's for everyone. And what's frustrating to me as I talk to people about which one to get is normally when you can't make a decision, like on the iPhone, I'll say, well, go to the store. Yeah, and hold them both hold in your them, hands right. and get it. But the problem with the iPad Pro is I don't believe you can just hold it in your hand. The first two weeks that I used this, I was like, I just made a thousand dollar mistake. <laughs> it's too big. Right. It's I've lost all. You know, I'm sitting there on my. You couch lost portability. And, you know, and then once I got used to it. Now, you would, you know, that's the whole lot, you know, pride for my cold, dead hands. I would never go back, and my kids, which have my old iPads and they use them for, you know, games and school stuff, you know, I pick up one of those and I feel like it's the mini. Right. And then I pick up a mini and I feel like it's the iPhone. So it's, it's so crazy. funny. It's crazy. And, you, and you mentioned that you go to court and you go to meetings. So you use this in lieu of paper all the time. Like yeah. this thing. All right. So in order to be able to do that, You've got a great app like Goodreader on there that allows you to organize, search for, mark up documents. Mm -hmm. Do you have Word on there? I do. And, and I love Word on here. I use it all the time. Really? Um, I think, you know, in my practice, and I suspect many attorneys' practices, you know, Word is the, except for PDF, Word sure. is the format that we all share things in. And I love that I can now open those documents up, edit them natively. I don't have to worry about messing up the formatting and yep. stuff. And I can view them. I can redline them. I can accept redline I love edits. I Highlight it's great. Does it convert to text on Word? Does the pencil, can you write and it converts it to typed out text? I don't think the pencil does in Word. There are other apps that they do that. Yeah, there are. I know that there's so, plenty of other apps, that, but I wondered if in Word specifically if yeah, it did it. But Word is nice because Word is uh, great that even when you open up a Word document, as soon as you put your pencil to the screen and you start writing, it instantly recognizes that an Apple pencil is Ooh. touching the screen and it instantly switches into the drawing mode, which is really not, I mean, the, the Word for iPad app is incredibly well done. That's they, awesome. Great. And I love so to hear that. And so you just immediately start uh, annotating things and it works really nicely. I'm doing it right now. As soon as you touch the right. pencil to the screen, you're writing things. It looks so smooth and beautiful. So when I will annotate, like I may have a, a partner or an associate send me a document and I'm out of the office. I can look at it on my iPad, and sometimes you want to get into the nitty gritty yeah. and do the red line edits. You know, I just sure. want to sort of rewrite it. But sometimes I just want to like circle a paragraph and say, you know, this is too long, move this up. You know, mm -hmm. just the same things that you would do with pen and paper. And now you can do it with the Word app and the Apple Pencil, and you send it back to them just on their computer. Right. It opens up with all of the annotations on it. Now, one concern is that those annotations are picture files. And sure. so it's not like they're going to edit that version. They need to go back to the other document and make the edit. Just like that they one, would have if you had sent like them the a days. PDF or a piece of paper a piece through of paper, right. the mail. But, um, okay. but it works really well. And I consider, we talked about essential apps for the iPhone. I consider Word an essential app for both the iPhone and the iPad. On the iPhone, you're not going to write your next great appellate brief, but when someone sends you a document, you can read it, you can revise it quickly. The iPhone, in fact, has a great feature for Word that uh, I think it's called ScreenFlow. It's at the top right corner. You hit a button and it reflows the text so that the text is larger. You lose like the formatting of the document. Sure. So it doesn't look like what it would look like on the printed page, but you can adjust the text size to make it so legible on the iPhone. It's great. Even on my big iPad screen, That's great. I somehow wish they would incorporate that feature here too. So what about, or it's an essential app. Good. What about dictation? Do you dictate a lot? 
I don't dictate long form. Not enough that I've thought of using like the Dragon products, but I do dictate um, short things like email responses. Yeah, but all I mean, the the, I feel like the built-in. Again, and, and I use Siri for that exactly. We were joking that this iPhone is so giant against my head, but I rarely hold it even to dictate. I've yeah. usually got my earbud and I'm talking to Siri and asking her. I think that she's incredible. And actually, I have mine as the Australian male, Whoa, so I call him Ciro. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, and I think that that's one of the greatest things, too, is the ability to tell it to send an email, set an appointment. Mm -hmm. And I dictate a lot. Here's a weird thing I do I cannot stand typing. And it will often prevent me from sending an email reply because I don't want to sit there and type out what I know it has to be a long response. Mm -hmm. And many times I'll just pick up my iPhone, say it, and then send that to myself and copy and paste it because yeah. it's so good. And a tip that I learned, which I should mention out loud, and this was like a funny exchange with two different lawyers, when you're dictating and you use dot at the end of a sentence, it does not put a space and cap the next letter. <laughs> but if funny. you say period, uh -huh, it does. Yeah. And I was in the car with actually the immediate past president of the Florida Bar a couple weeks ago, and he was dictating and he said period. And I said, God, why do you say period? That's like an extra two mm -hmm. syllables. And he said, I don't know, because that's how I was trained to dictate. And then I was, he's, you know, he said, proof it for me. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at it and I realized, because that was one of my complaints was, why doesn't Siri put a space and cap after I say dot? And I looked at his and, and I thought, yeah. I go, oh, I said, <laughs> so now it's a habit for me to have to change to use period instead of dot because it yeah. saves me. That. So it's, it, you're right. Like. It's all those little tips that you think people are going to know, and mm -hmm. even advanced users or people who've been using it for a long time just don't. Mm -hmm. We're going to be out of time soon, but I do not want to end without talking about the Apple Watch. Oh, I love my Apple Watch Me so too. much. Me too. Yeah. I'm using it all the time, and um, it, it works well with Siri, for example, where you hold down the button and you can talk to it about sending a message you know, to my wife or something else. Sure. Or telling it to do things. Like I've, I'm starting to explore some of the um, home automation stuff at my oh, house, HomeKit. Yes. And so I love that I can just hold down the button and um, say, you know, set my... I, I have a, a TV room that we have like our big TV in. Yeah. I think I say set TV light to 20 and it automatically dims yeah. the light to the right And are level. you using Hue at home? I don't use Hue. I use one called Lutron where you Lutron. actually take off the switch off your wall and you replace the switch. Better than uh, the hub. Um, well, it's Or does it have a hub? What I don't like about the, the and I haven't used Oh my God, this is a whole other podcast. We could talk about this forever, but with the <laughs> hubs, like your light switch has to always be in the on position. Right. And then control it. So then if someone else walks in the room, you know, and they don't they have switch all the fancy, mm -hmm. fancy stuff. Whereas with Lutron, you're actually replacing the switch on your wall so that anyone can press the buttons and make the lights oh, go up and down, good. but I can independently control them. That so, might be my next but level. Again, we could have a whole nother podcast whole nother talking podcast. about the smart home. But um, I love the Apple Watch for you know getting notifications and responding to things and getting quick things. And I wrote about this on my blog this week, but um, last week I had the opportunity to talk to someone who's an Apple developer and they were running the new Phone 3 software, which comes out this fall. And so I wore their Apple Watch and I was playing around with it it's really nice. I mean, the apps are so much faster. And I love the, the scribble feature that if I want to send a quick response, something that I'm not going to bother to take my phone out for, but I want to, you know, what conference room are you in? Right. You know, 46A. If I don't want to say that out loud, because it's not always appropriate to speak when you're in a you know, right. conference room, other attorneys, you can just use scribble, just 46A, send. And that's really nice. So I'm really looking forward to it. 
I am too. I stayed home a couple Fridays ago and was looking for something to watch, and I watched the Worldwide Developers Conference. Like, yeah, and I got so excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this it, was like a this nerd means that fest. You're a real geek. Adrian yeah, has, this by was the way. a total <laughs> by myself on a Friday, like listening to them talk about all the amazing things that are coming out, not just with the with the Mac itself, but with all the devices. But I thought the watch stuff was very cool. Yeah. And the iPhone stuff. I mean, I, I can't remember mm-hmm. now like what I was so excited about to get, but I'm yeah. really looking forward to the new developments. Mm-hmm. For me, the, the watch is the best for text messaging. And when I'm driving, you know, with the directions, to, it, it buzzes to let you know. Or even walking around. You know, even I was in Chicago around. for Tech Show. We were both there earlier this year. Obviously, you're there since you're going to be running it next year. And um, I forget where I was even going, but, you know, some restaurant. And your watch is just tapping you saying, yeah. you're turning left. Turn left. And, like, no one hears it but you. It's like someone just sort of whispering in your ear. No one knows that you're getting all this, you know, and now you're the master navigator. Oh, well, I believe we turn left we'll here. turn left. I believe we turn right here. And uh, and I love that. It's great. I do. I think these, these tools are just so amazing. And I hope lawyers have really embraced but continue to embrace the use of all these things it definitely makes life easier and Mm -hmm. for sure more fun and the way you write about things and and really help lawyers understand how these things can be used in their business i think is very very good oh thank you thank you well it looks like we've reached the end of our program want to make sure and ask jeff to let us know how people can find him on the internet so go ahead and remind everybody where to find iphone jd and any other social media that you use yeah sure the, the website is iphonejd.com and so uh i try to post you know a few times a week things that i find they're interesting and so if you don't know about it you should definitely check it out there's a, a link on the side that if you want to click you can have google has a service that whenever i have a post it shows up in your email box um early in the morning so yep. if you just prefer to get stuff in more of a newsletter format and uh and if you use twitter i love Twitter. I don't post a lot, so I won't overload your inbox on Twitter. <laughs> um, but I'm Jeff Richardson on Twitter. Or you can also follow iPhone JD on Twitter, which is a new tweet whenever there is a new post on the website. Excellent. Well, great. Well, I gotta go. I'm gonna hit the streets down in New Orleans. Looks like it started raining. Yeah, we're about to get some rain. I'm on That's my scooter, okay. so we'll have to light. You know, find, maybe I'll find a bar to go sit in till it goes by. That won't be hard to do around here. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. Really appreciate all your wisdom and your advice and your enthusiasm for this stuff. For all you listeners who want to learn more about what you've heard today, please visit New Solo at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe via RSS or iTunes. That brings us to the end of our show. I'm Adriana Linares. Thank you for listening and join us next time. Don't forget, you're not alone. You're New Solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice. Solo, here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, 
to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.